the past, the present, the future. This is Friday Night Fright. What the planet is listening to. Hello, this is Austin Friday Night Fright Frame. And if you remember, I said I was going to be doing the Screams, Scream 5 reboot idea this week. Well, I've been trying to get sorted and trying to finish off, and I'm finding once again it's just not right. And I was trying to figure out what were I doing an episode on if I wasn't going to do that. And then it hit me. It was the scariest movie of all time. It's the one movie that everyone needs a commentary for. And what's the one movie that sends a chill down spying of a seasoned podcaster such as me? That movie is, of course, Jerry Seinfeld's B-movie, the most B-movie, the literal, the most B-movie of all time, the greatest movie about bees since The Wicker Man, and I'm not afraid, I'm not scared, I'm not concerned, I'll do it for this podcast, I'll do a commentary on B-movie, in fact, I'm going to be doing that commentary right now, I'll be back after a brief word from my sponsor. Of all my ideas, I don't think this is the best one, but why not give it a try? Hello, it's Ian Austin, and this is my commentary for the Jerry Seinfeld anti-classic B-movie. Quite unquestionably one of the most ridiculous movies ever made in the history of the universe. Um, uh, breathtakingly, as you can see from this introduction, they're already trying to get jokes on the way of the um, uh, DreamWorks logo character being murdered by a bee. Um, this is DreamWorks Animation, the same brilliant animation company brought us such classics as Kung Fu Panda. You get the title crawl according to all known laws of aviation, there's no way the bee should be able to fly. Its wings are too small, gets fat all by off the ground. The bee, of course, flies anyway because bees don't care, humans think it's impossible. And it's all like, yeah, right, Jerry, thanks, thanks for that, you know. Could you be any more bee? No, it's friends and not Seinfeld, but there you go. And I should add that this is one of the most bizarre things I've ever watched because I have seen this a few times for some reason. That the shoes are obviously a reference Jay Seinfeld is having a big shoe collection. And I'm being serious, I have watched this movie way too many times and it has scarred me for life. It's the B movie equivalent of fucking Food Fight. If you haven't seen Food Fight, you should watch it. There was a 24-hour day stream on at one point. He's putting on honey as lotion for some reason. His parents are very pretty beeish, you know. And if you understand what beeish is applying is um applying to, then you understand why it's so funny. Jerry Seinfeld, by the way, is not an actor. I think even he wouldn't be. He's not an actor, and he especially not a voice actor. In some, you know, in some ways, he's acting bad acting's coming during because he's obviously one of the best stand-up comedians of his age but in other ways it's like holy shit dude like you are being out i mean chris rock is a stand-up comedian he's pretty he's a pretty good actor it's like jay seinfeld thought well, i couldn't be a comedian so i don't need to act which fair enough you know that's one way to look at it when you're on the screen or on an animated stage with guys like matthew broderick and Rene zewiger they can act you know you gotta step up your game now he's driving a car because bees drive cars and you really have to wonder like who came up with this idea for a movie who thought this was an acceptable idea for a movie i mean i love it because it's so strange but at the same time so like why would you ever prove this 
No, like, hey, let's make a movie where Matthew Broderick and Jay Seinfeld are the bees and they hang out and they, they discuss things like graduating in college and being having to three days take one day off in between. Why would Matthew Broderick be the second guy behind Jerry Seinfeld? Sure, they do the other way around. Jerry Seinfeld's the wacky sidekick. Matthew Broderick is the main waspish, for lack of a better term, main character. No, because Jay Seinfeld was, I guess, seems a bigger name at the time, although I can't see why. I mean, yes, he made a very successful show and was a successful stand-up comic, but I don't think anyone was going to see a movie about talking bees because Jay Seinfeld was in it. Notice Chris Rock there, who's only got a small cameo. You should be watching this, by the way. You should definitely be watching Bee Movie while I'm watching it. I have a beer. I have a finger that I sliced open making burgers. It hurts. I got, um, I'm tired, I've got a headache. I'm watching a movie about bees where Jerry Seinfeld just make a joke about pomp and circumstance. Like, you motherfucker, Jerry. You know, you crooked motherfucker. Seriously. This guy on stage talking shit. He's a busy bee. It's like, I did come up with the idea that someone should really remake B-movie and have the opening of it be lasting for the Wicker Man where Nicolas Cage is sort of like it won't give you back your goddamn honey that'd be great but I have a weird sense of humour I guess this won't be the worst movie I watched this week because I was introduced to a um a classic movie called Elizabeth Harvest by a friend and it was atrocious like bad movie limbo is literally a thing guys you can go so far deeper you think shit i reviewing this podcast is bad you see some of the shit that we watch or i watch and others watch and we all watch this group in spare time it gets a lot worse this doesn't have any this is just awful and objectionable but no it's not worst thing i've watched ever it's just a weird movie and i have no idea why someone greenlit it I mean, it reminds me of Ants. You, you remember back in the day, in the late 90s, there's this thing where DreamWorks were doing Ants and Pixar's doing Bugs Life, and everyone's sort of like, well, which is their movie? And a Bugs Life, obviously, was the Disney fight version of a quite straightforward story, very well told, very funny. No Gunther is very amusing, the sort of slug, who turns into a caterpillar. It's a very amusing movie. But then you had Ants, which was basically a Woody Allen movie, but as an animated movie about ants, and it was like, who greenlights this shit? No, seriously, like, say what you want about fucking Bugs Life, but it's a competently made logical studio movie. Even something like Shrek, but shit like fucking ants is almost subversive in a way, especially given Woody Allen's history when it comes to that, you know, but I'm just saying. But this is bizarre this it's like jerry seinfeld making joke about how hollywood make movies by making weirdest fucking movie could about bees that would still be produced like i mean just the idea of matthew broderick as a nervous bee who wants to be a honey scooper like and actually i think they probably got a fair bit right about bees swarming this movie it's just like who gives a fly shit to be honest. And also it's got this weird vibe in it. It's, on one hand it's saying, you know, oh, conforming all of that is bullshit. You shouldn't have to conform, which obviously I think in some ways is 
related Jerry Seinfeld wanting to be a comedian rather than necessarily going into the business his parents were into. But at the same time, it's like they're bees. They literally have to conform. Like, the movie doesn't work in terms of logic, but at the same time, it works because you need that thing for Jerry Seinfeld's bee captor to overcome, but then by the end of the movie, he doesn't overcome it. Really? He sort of does, but not really. So we'll ignore the obvious logic gaps of bees don't walk on their feet because, you know, you have to give the movie a certain amount of um, leeway and shit like that. I mean, what are you going to do? Have the bees fly everywhere? That'd be stupid. A guy bee drinking, I don't know, it's a joke, but I don't really know what's in line to. That's not a bad joke. The car's intentionally missing them all, though. I don't know how that worked logically. But then why am I talking logic? Bees don't drive cars anyway, not in fucking honeycombs. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, can't throw logic out window when you've got Jerry Seinfeld and fucking Matthew Broderick voicing nervous, tibbish bees, you know? Here come pollen jots, who are... I mean, I, I guess... It's to create this societal dynamic where you've got like nervous nervous bees there, you've got jock bees there. But like, it's just bizarre. Like, it's trying to say something about class and society, but I don't know what. It's kind of like surface level. But even try and say something like that in an anime movie about bees is so weird. Why would you do that? You know, that's the equivalent of knowing someone in my case, Mabel, if it's a Blair Witch is real, it's not real, Mabel. Blair Witch did not really happen. Oh, you know, I'll get to that. I'll get to those movies. And hopefully by the time I get to those movies, Mabel will be back on the podcast. Or on podcast, because she hasn't been on yet. Don't worry, I'm working on it. She'll be on eventually. You know, just need to sort some stuff out. She's finally paying some of the fees again to get us up and running, which is good, because, you know, we've still not made that $11, so we're up to 8 so... And Patreon, hopefully, will hear about that. If I can understand what the tax system is, which I can't, because Mabel's not around. So you can't focus on that. I focus on bee movies. I focus on Jerry Seinfeld, Matthew Broderick as bees, flirting female bees, as jock bees are like, hey, you, look at those, look at those couple of bees. Couple of bees. And look at this, this funny. They're making jokes here, it's funny, because they're cousins. Because all bees are related, so you might, if you're a bee, you might sting your cousin. You might not know it, but then you should know it, because you're all related. It's weird. Also, I don't know if you get bees that are bigger than enough bees. Now, I know you get busy bees, but bees that are bigger than enough bees, I don't know about that. And we're 10% way through this movie, wow. And hey, we get some bee banter, you know. It's like, there's bees, and there's bees, and then there's bees, and then there's bees. And that's a great line, are you bee enough? It's funny, because if he's a man, they say, are you man enough? But you can't say, are you man enough to be? You have to say, are you bee enough? That doesn't make sense, because bees, for some reason, this movie, bees are portrayed male and female. So why, so why can't they still say, are you man enough because you are male B? I don't know, that doesn't make any sense. Are you B enough? B, if you're B, uh, bees are all bees. You're all bees. You might be, there might be varying types of bees or class systems, but you are all bees. That's like if I walked up to someone and said, 
what's up buddy boy are you human enough it's like yes i'm human i'm a man and i'm part of the human species surely you took work phrasing your look for is are you a man and i'll be like no are you human because i watched a movie about bees once and one character said to another character are you bee enough so i'm going to start saying are you human enough and be like no no it's are you man enough no 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 are you human enough or are you bee enough if you're bee are you bee enough Anyway, sorry, my head split for a second, the logic for this movie. Oh, Jay Seinfeld's talking about being me too. Oh, we're going to get a reference to what up there, dog? Because Jay Seinfeld's so hip, you know? He's such a hip guy. And notice how his voice dips during that point. My voice dips, but I'm not a trained actor. I know he's not a trained actor anyway, but he's a comedian, should have mastery of his voice. I don't, because I am some weird guy making podcasts about me movie. Doing it once, I just watched NXT TakeOver. Hang on, it's all stuff that. That main event went like a fucking hour. And now I have to talk about bees. Bees. The bees. This movie is not bees knees. This movie is the bees like crooked little bunny bone. And I remember this scene. They're talking about job placements. Of the, I want that job. Oh, it's gone. I want that job. Oh, it's gone. I can relate to that because when I go to McDonald's and look for jobs, they usually go very quickly. And then I realise I'm not looking for jobs. I'm looking at your the menu. Like, because, and then someone says to me, Ew, why are you in McDonald's looking at yours menu? And I'm like, but how, one, how do you know my name? Two, that's a job menu. Three, how do you know my name? Four, is that Wi-Fi free? And they're like, the Wi-Fi's free, the Wi-Fi's not. And I'm like, I really want Wi-Fi. You know? Fucking love work McDonald's. I'll be best. I I feel like Doctor Who in the um, fucking 50th anniversary special week. So like, I could be a great curator i could be great curator well i could be i could be manager at mcdonald's i could be the great manager at mcdonald's i'd have mac and me parties all the time uh, fucking dancing on tables all that shit oh the b movie's still going on okay jay seinfeld for some reason their their antennas are literally antennas and he's talking matthew broderick's captain so i won't be a podcast. oh there's rip there's Rip Torn. Rip Torn passed away recently, I believe, which is shit. Well, probably a long time ago when you guys listened to this, but he passed away. I think we should give Rip Torn credit. He is a batshit insane human being, but goddamn, that man is proof that acting is 90% voice and 10% talent. He obviously had a lot of talent, but he could have coasted on that voice. It's that Chris Walken thing of when you have something distinctive in Hollywood. If you have distinctive voice, like, I have distinctive voice, I think. Because I sound like that I sound like Daffy slash Song Duck on helium or on crack, you know? On ducks on crack, you know, ducks on crack. You got you gotta own that shit. It's like, oh no, I can't hear my voice. Ah, you know, you just rock that voice. You know, Rip Torn, amazing voice. I bet some arsehole said to him once upon a time, Oh Mr. Torn, your voice doesn't work. It's not conventional enough. It's not enunciated, Miss Torn. And he he was like, Fuck you and probably went to I don't know, for a brick at them or something. But he's such good talent. And I know Jay Seinfeld's quite a fan of this because I watch comedians in cars making coffee. Do you guys watch comedians in cars making coffee? If you do, shout me out on Friday Night Fright podcast at tw- on Twitter at Friday Night Fr- Friday Night Fright podcast. You know, I don't know if anyone fucking. I have no idea what RB ships like to be honest. I see it on Anchor and I'm occasionally updated, but then I've only got one review on iTunes, which is one star. And I know that views because I called someone out found shitty views and blocked them and that person now hates me and gave me a shitty 
one out of five review i think or it could just be that this is not a very good podcast but that's fine because why would podcasts have to be good i enjoy doing this therefore i do it oh back to the movie look at those bees the bees are flying the bees oh no the sun Incidentally, can I point out how stupid this is? Because if, if that bee's never seen sun before, surely it'd take time to adjust to it. But also, why isn't he wearing shades? And also, why does that bee have really wide open eyes? Oh shit, this scene reminds me of Super Mario, Superman 64 on Super Nintendo. On the N64, that game pissed me off a bunch of shit. And they dive, they die. Oh, they dive for the bush. And oh, this cut's starting to bother me now. Look at those bees. Flying bee. Flying bee, people. Flying bee. Look at those bees fly. Look at Jerry Seinfeld. Go, Jerry. Enunciate. Jerry. 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 And now we get heat vision. Wait, what? The No, the X-ray vision or the bee vision or whatever the fuck it's called. Right, I'll be back. In one sec, I need to get plaster and fix my finger. Oh, pollen guns! They're going to suck out pollen, so I can analogy for sucking out something else. Sorry, guys, I'm, uh, I need to get some plasters. Where do I put my plasters? There you go. Because, like I said, I cut my finger open making a delightful burgers the other day, and I need to put plaster on it. Oh, they're sucking up the pollen. It burns my skin. I think again, I'm just a bee. DreamWorks suck at making animation. They, they really suck. Like Shrek, Shrek is not, by a rational standpoint, a particularly good movie, but they got casting so right and it doesn't matter. As they proved in sequels, which were even worse movies, but casting's on point, so you went around it except for Justin Timberlake who oh man look Justin Timberlake's best movie is Social Network where he's playing one of the biggest douchebags in history of cinema and I'm not saying anything I'm talking about Justin Timberlake I'm just saying that he has a natural sort of role he can play and when you ask him to play a likeable human being movie it goes backwards you know some people are just good for that sort of stuff Jake Gyllenhaal is good for playing weird characters like why would not play a weird character you know, own your shit. Seth Rogen plays characters who smoke lots of weed. That's fine. Oh, now they're playing tennis ball. And instantly, here comes a point where, if you're watching this long with me, and you really should be, in a few minutes, you're going to ask one very important question. And I'll mention what that question is. But you're going to be wrapped with one, not even question, one borderline idea pushed in your head and you won't be able to shake it and that idea is simple someone else should have played jerry seinfeld's character someone jerry seinfeld actually likes as a human being someone who's one of the funniest actors in hollywood who would have done an amazing job playing a talk playing a bee and would have improved this movie exponentially as he improves it just by being on screen in supporting character rank but he would make so much better as one of the main characters. And that person is Mr. Patrick Warburton. Who is one of the best voice actors. And in my money one of the best comic actors to exist in Hollywood period. He is an amazingly funny human being. 
and him in playing this role I mean you have changed bits and pieces of it but I mean like this like this feels like I mean even Jay Seinfeld don't think rates himself that highly as an actor let alone voice actor but gee god like people he's bad he's as bad at doing this as he is actually being a comedian he's amazing like I'm not kidding he's one of my favourite comedians and comedians in Carthman Coffee is getting coffee even is a perfect show the One Day Murphy is one of the best things I've ever watched it's just a master class and Lord Michaels in fact I love them very good oh dog the dog oh and his family like we get our first sense of of the species divide between bees and humans here when they try and murder a bee and bees like why do you murder me and stuff like because if you stung them they might literally die and bees like but i've died too and, and humans are like we won't take that chance so you'll kill us and you we'll kill you first oh and bees far from home homeward beyond if you will and now it's starting rain and bees like oh no i don't know what rain is like how do you not know what rain is you knew what sunshine was you dumb fuck and it's i'm oh no ah oh, be down and he keeps flying and he's getting really sad and so like yeah you an open window oh he's hit again bee oh no in some flowers ah oh, and he falls inside and he knocks into a little glass thing and hey this friend is a wig and patrick warburton and Patch Warburton stuff like, look at my leaflet. And this scene, as I found out teeth tropes, a lot of people view this scene, and they rightly, rightly, as far as I'm concerned, view Patrick Warburton's character, Ken, as being in the right. Because like, what happens in second is when this movie, sorry, this movie gives up and just decides it does not give a fuck. Seriously, and apparently. Ken and Rene Zellweger's character Vanessa or whatever her name is apparently are dating I had no idea if that I went on TV tropes and now this bee thinks the lights are sung which how what lack of education does this bee have like seriously you dumb bee you stupid bee oh you goddamn bees falling in the guacamole and they go oh no 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 the bee is on the guacamole it's on the chip no no don't eat the bee don't eat ah it's a bee it's a bee and he's going to kill the bee with his shoes his winter shoes his timberlands and vanessa's like don't you do it and she's got a lot of strength because you know she looks very frail she's sort of like you can't murder the bee you need to put it outside and he's sort of like what about me what about my needs what about my shoes as he writes points out if he gets stunned by bee he'll die because he's got an allergic reaction to bees and women think okay and then she rips out his she rips up his leaflet what a bitch seriously and i know i know the me too movement things like that you shouldn't really call you shouldn't really use that word anymore i understand but in this case i think it's fair to use it she ripped up her boyfriend's fucking leaflet and he spent hours work on his prototype leaflet to save a bee and push outside a bee that literally could murder her boyfriend if he if bee stung him she doesn't know bees can talk at this point and Jerry also doesn't know that Jerry Seinfeld B is making fucking oh I want sting her gestures you know and I can't like what's this movie don't look 
there's a lot of rules in life and one of them is don't fuck a bee don't fuck a bee woman don't 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 get the bee don't don't get the bee woman don't get the bee don't 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 get stung by a bee no that you got stung by a bee in those areas that would hurt a lot you don't want that like you'd have to go to hostel you'd have to like get looked at you'd have to maybe see a dermatologist or rheumatologist they'd look down there and be like did you they'd look down there and be like did you did you did the bee sting you and she'd be like yeah be like, did you was it that stung and she'd be like no it's like just, just explain to us how the bee stung you and she'd be like I let it sting me but you let the bee sting you and she'd be like yeah and they'd be like what the fuck no no like no 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 don't don't say that that's bad and she'd be like how is that bad be like so many levels let's consult wikipedia and let's find out exact levels i'm not going to look up i'm not going to look up what happens if a bee stings a woman in her sensitive areas i don't know i don't want to look into i'm just saying i assume that being awkward doctor visit oh and now they bees revealed they can talk because we need a be cute a be cute we need a be cute in our movie he's a bee they're meeting it's a meet cute ah it's not it's terrifying this is just one of those things that fucking dreamworks like like pixar is weird but pixar has not behind the scenes granted with all john lasted stuff but in theory pixar standards there's certain things pixar won't do bestiality is one of those things I don't know who greenlit this. I don't know why it's in the movie. I don't know what possessed them. Like, I, I guess they really want to get in Jay Seinfeld business, but like, who, who came up with this idea? Who came up with the movie first? The Dreamwork or the Seinfeld? That's why I won't know. Well, actually, I don't. It just terrified me. And now, like, this is the sort of banter you would get between Jerry Seinfeld and his 16 year old oh wait no sorry no no sort of bang you would get between Jerry Seinfeld and his 17 year old oh wait well, well, well no okay this is sort of banter you would get between Jerry Seinfeld and a woman in her I'm going to stop talking now I think uh, before I say something like right oh she's pouring coffee on the floor that's a metaphor for what I just did Oh, now they're drinking tea outside. But bees like, I can't, I kill me. But I love those crumbs. That crumb's amazing. I'm like, how can bee take that crumb? Do bees shit? If a bee shitting woods, would you know about it? And Vanessa's like, oh yeah, she she thinks that's a joke. I I don't have subtitles on, by the way. Amazon Prime evidently does not give a fuck about putting subtitles on. Is this on Amazon? Yeah, they didn't give shit about putting subtitles on the movie. Notice Amazon Prime doesn't really give a fuck about doing anything which requires any effort. Really. Like, subtitles, the fast forward option on their movies. Like, you all know reason. No one asks, but reason I don't do movie or porn anymore is because, one, net Amazon Prime is perfect for that because half the movies are porn and half the movies are movies. But reason I don't do it anymore is because their function for fast forwarding through is so bad that there's no incentive to do it. It doesn't work. Netflix, 
Netflix doesn't have porn. Netflix has very weird foreign movies which may or may not be porn because you don't understand one what people are saying, two it's blurry and three it's different countries. You know, I don't know what rules are porn in different countries. Maybe if I go ask Rashida Jones, she can make a Facebook documentary, a Netflix documentary about it. And they use people without their permission. Go, oh no, oh, I'm saying things I shouldn't say. I'm drinking beer and watching beer movie. Things get weird when what drinking beer and watching beer movie, or drinking beer and watching beer movie. What would you do? Drink beer and watch beer movie? No, not after this. I've I've seen how beer said. I don't know why they're making flirty eyes with each other. And it was like, apparently, Word of God, Word of God being TV tropes thing for the voice of the main creative authority movie. So they didn't go down route of having these two get together. But I was like, if that was your, if that was, if you did not want to insinuate that, what the fuck is with this shit? Seriously. I mean, that's, that's one thing I actually like my Sausage Party. They commit to that shit, you know? Not humans and animals, no, but fucking sausages and burger buns, like... And, like, I kind of like Sausage Party, actually. I think it is, like... I don't think it's good, per se, and think it's very juvenile, but I appreciate the fact that it... Like, this movie is weird, and it's really odd, but... It kind of skirts the line as much as possible by behind being kind of subversive and kind of creepy. Sausage Party is like, fuck it. It's one thing that Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg do so brilliantly. They see the line and they jump over the line and they're like, what we really need is a box of grits to have sex with a box of crackers. You know? like It's like, who who come up with that idea? Except for Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. I really mind them actually. You seem to put a lot of work into their writing. Wish I could do more of it, but I'm being really tired this week, and this is why I'm not doing Scream, a Scream reboot thing, because sometimes it's easier just to do a um, fucking commentary on some shitty movie like B movie. Oh no, Matthew Broderick's freaking out. I have mixed feelings with Matthew Broderick. I think he's a bad actor. In fact, I think he does what he does very well. It's my only issue with him is that I don't like what he does repulses me. Repulses is the wrong word, but he's excellent at playing nervous characters. Like, but here's the thing: he's excellent at it, but at the same time, it's it's kind of like that thing whereby I can watch a lot of the American Office, but parts of it I can't watch because I'm cringing too much. And I get, I understand that's the point. You're meant cringe while watching it. But at some point, it's like, this is just uncomfortable to watch. And I get that's what they're going for, but that doesn't make it entertaining. Also notice, we're 30 minutes into this goddamn movie. 29 minutes, 33 seconds. 30 minutes into this goddamn movie. And we really just don't... At the moment, we don't seem to have any particular logic what plot is in fact this is what one well, few things I actually like about this movie in that it seems like they're improvising plots they go along which I know they're not because it's an anime movie you can't do that in an anime movie also I didn't realise his parents 
Barry Ruby Benson, Jerry Seinfeld's parents are played by Barry Levinson, who's an amazing director, and Kathy Bates. Like, holy shit, I did not imagine that. Kathy Bates, by the way, is on my list of them. Um, oh, here we get a creepy montage to Sugar, which, if you're not trying to insinuate that he wants to fuck this woman, I mean, sorry, he wants to sting this woman, don't have a montage set to Sugar Honey Honey, you know? Where she's touching her leg, killing an insect, and then rubbing her legs, and she's walking over him so you can see everything, and she's kind of making sexy eyes at him, and flying a plane, like, how the fuck she fly a plane? Jerry Seinfeld, you fucking madman. Like, what's the symbolism flag? She's saying, I can fly too. Is that is that a code for mutual masturbation or something? It's sort of like, hey, we can fly together. Oh! Oh, okay, it's a metaphor. Nothing goes through my head. I would catch it. Oh, see, that pink smoke symbolizes, you know, a female orgasm, I guess. But then she dies and he... What? He's like, no, I don't want her to fly into war and die. And there's ever a fucking metaphor for what happens if a beast is a woman in a sensitive place. That's it. I know that probably wasn't what move makers intended, but I don't really think they have a clue what they intended. This is my life, by the way, doing podcasts and B-movie on Sunday afternoon. I'm only doing this because... Oh, I got a name right, that's good. I'm only doing this because that piece of shit movie, Elizabeth Harvest, don't watch it, by the way. It's fucking awful. Really bad. You know it's bad when I won't even cover it for my podcast because I was like... Two reasons. One... It's part of me that likes having those sort of movies and experiences that aren't related to this podcast. But also, too, it's fucking awful. And also, number three, it wasn't good. And also, number four, it just wasn't very entertaining. So I mentioned window shut. Oh no, all these people are like, don't, don't, don't sting me, B. And Vanessa's like, they're a bit racist, aren't they? And effing watching movies, like, no, because, like, like, I'll put it this way. I don't want murder a bee. I don't want murder any animals. You know, I, I get upset if they die. I don't like it. But at the same time, like, I will move them outside as much as possible. But if a bee stings me, it's forfeit. But she's not allowed to do this. Like, she's beating an employee in a store for hitting a bee. Like, you've actually assaulted that man. So if we're doing a law count, a crime count, you just broke the law because you smacked the man in the face with newspaper. But apparently, we're meant to go, that's fine, he's a bee, he shouldn't be, you know, abused. And also, these fucking stupid bee... Ray Liotta... That's a good joke, actually. Ray Liotta, honey. I like that. That's actually something I can imagine Jay Seinfeld would will come up with in a good sort of um, stand-up bit. Indeed, lots parts of the movie are funny, but a lot of it feels like jokes he would make. In fact, I wondered, how sorry, how much of this do you write? Or do you come up with like 15 really good jokes about bees and they use those and wrote a script around them? Because parts like that really lift a bit. That seems like a stand-up set he would do. You know, that seems like something made joke of in stand-up set rather than something which necessarily works in terms of full movie. 
Oh, now he's going to war. And this is, this is such bollocks. Such utter bollocks. Like, this is like, this is something out of a different movie. And also, why would you grab a knife, you know, to fight a bee with? This is so weird. Why is this guy assume that B can talk? And why is he not bothering me when he does start talking? Is this is he high or something? I do like the idea of using a drawing pin to sort fight a bee, but at the same time, you have a giant advantage, just punch the bee and it dies. So it's just mind blowingly dumb. And I'm sp is speaking to someone who watched fucking Saw 6 and is starting Saw 6 and is going to watch the end of Saw 7 later. Saw 7? Saw 7 Saw. 7 Saw. 7 Saw. Incidentally, I watched Hobson Shaw this week. It's, um, uh, it's recently come out. Uh, Pend on when you listen to this podcast. But it was good. It was pretty good. I, I just... I, I feel like Fast and Furious movies, the main ones, work because of all the characters and dynamics they've set up. And I think Hobbs and his daughter work in those movies as like short parts, and Shaw does too, but in their own movie, like, there's times when I feel in Fast and Furious movies, the strength is when it gets too serious, you cut to Roman, Tyrese Gibbons, who'll make a joke, and it's really funny. Or you'll cut to Ludacris's character or Ramsey or someone like that or Letty and you, you don't stick with any one character for a prolonged period of time. You're lots of cutting but sticking with those two characters Hobson Shaw, it's kind of irritating. And here's another time when I think why didn't they just cast this actor in the main role? Chris Rock who, Chris Rock is not only a funny guy, really funny. You know, I know his last stand-up alienated a few people, but I, I just do think it's really funny. But he's also a really good actor, and he's far better at doing this sort of thing than Jerry Seinfeld is. I don't know whether it's just he's more confident at the acting part of it, but this is part of the movie where it starts shining, because I can imagine these two were actually in the studio at the same time. And also, their friendly banter works brilliantly here. You know, it's like they vibe off each other nicely, as anyone has watched their Comedians in Cars Making Coffee, Getting Coffee episode, we know these two are really good chemistry. In fact, Chris Rock's one of those fascinating guys because he seems to bridge the comedy divide, you know. He's tight with Saturday Night Live a lot, like um, Anne Sarnan and Chris Farley. He's tight with Jay Seinfeld, and he's tight very Murphy. So I like that too, the, um, the Cricket Godzilla joke. There's some jokes in this movie which work, you know. A lot are just weird though. Not weird and funny, weird, just weird in general. Also, it doesn't really do much with the size differential. Like Ant-Man did an amazing job playing with the concept size and relative size relative to how big you are and how small you are. And now it's Chris Rock. Jerry Seinfeld again, and I do like this sort of, this, this sort of class stuff works a bit better for me, because, or, because they talk about, diff, this is conversation about what it's like being Jewish, and like what it's like being black, rather than what it's like being a bee, and what it's like being a mosquito, but they do a really good job here. 
See, this feels like two of them just riffing on stand-up stuff. <laughs> so I really like this. In fact, I, I kind of wish at this point we'd just jump ship and follow the mosquito. That would be awesome. And they're just, oh, he's, so, he's such a likeable screen presence. I think that's your thing. I don't think Jerry Seinfeld's a likeable screen presence. Um, I think it's a very funny guy. I think you'll enjoy watching him in comedy and stuff like that and stand-up. But likeable, like one thing which they worked as advantage to main Seinfeld was he wasn't meant to be likeable. And it's telling that he's done very little acting since then. Like he'll do cameos and he'll play him safe and things like that. But he doesn't jump in playing enough character. You know, because he knows that's not his skill set. So I don't know why he agreed to this. Like, if he's playing... If they changed this up so he was playing a B version of Jerry Seinfeld, I think it would have been a lot better. And now we find out the great hungry conspiracy. You know, these fuckers. Those two douchebags. If you watch them Wicked Man closely, they're there. You know? I know it's an all-female society, but they're there remake was anyway it's like how shit was that like I can't say this is worth movie about bees because the wick man fucking rubbish and I know everyone goes oh it's because it, it was funny and all of that I just really hate it and find the bee gen sites begun you know the the gen of bees that doesn't really work does it Sorry, I'm not being signed for sex because this. <laughs> oh no! Right, no. Okay, I, I that that is actually trans. That's actually transphobic, and it's um a bad joke. I I just want to say something quickly here. I know I, I do stand by virtue of I do think anything could be funding right hands, but at the same time. And I'm not saying people have to apologise for jokes they made. Sometimes you do, but not always. But let's just say it here now. I don't, I don't like mean-spirited jokes like that because that's not funny. You know, it's it's. I get there's a previous generation who don't understand that it's actually generally really brave to, to for people to come out of the closet or announce if they were born. In terms of societies, it's understanding they're born male to say that they identify more as a female and they won't become that. I think that's really fucking brave. I really do. I think in this weird, which is still horrible to perceive minorities, horrible to the LGBT spectrum, and just d disgusting in general to anyone who's perceived as different. I think coming out and saying, this is me. You know, if someone comes out and says, I am gay or I'm a lesbian or I'm pansexual or bisexual or queer or even in some cases I, f I am a woman or I am a man when society is turned off ways that's really fucking brave and no it's a stupid movie about peace but we need to stand up and say that's really brave in a way for violence to actually stand up and admit that and I think it's one of the most badass things you can do to be honest you know stand up against weird and say this is who i am no go fuck yourself if you've got a problem with it and so what bothers me about jokes like that that's fucking needless and really lazy and i think some like jerry Seinfeld, and 
fucking Jeanette Chun. That's Lazy Two. Ethnase gets a cool introduction. She doesn't fuck that shit. No, that's lazy as fuck. But it really bugs me, you know, when people are that transphobic. There's no need, you know. Just if you got an opinion like that, shut fuck up and keep it safe, douchebags. Be Larry King's a decent joke, actually. Although I like the fact that it's a running gag. And again, this feels like something Jay Seinfeld would riff on. Maybe it's one Josie contributed. Like, hey, what, what if there's like a B version of Larry King that's exactly like real version of Larry King? That's funny. That's good. It doesn't really work in context of the whole movie. It's like a standalone joke that works rather than part of a greater whole. In fact, that's what I think the movie's missing. I don't think it has a greater whole. I think it's just a bunch of stuff that in some regards some of it's funny other parts like that fucking joke about bee queens not a real queen that can fuck right off and i don't want it to come across as like i'm some fucking messenger boy for like that community or anything like that they they don't they don't really need my help they know what they're doing but it just i feel basic human decency suggests that shit that was acceptable back in the day you know, it's like, that doesn't mean it's acceptable today. And I think you have to learn from your mistakes. Because I remember when I was growing up, like, when Eminem came out and stuff like that, we'd all fucking quote the lyrics. We wouldn't think anything of it. And now I'm fucking embarrassed of that shit, you know? Like, I I honestly, I kind of prefer the, you know, versions of his songs that are made for radio, you know? It's just, it's just needless shit for shit's sake. So here's Barry and he wants to declare, uh, declare war on holding him race and Ken's like I like that Ken's kind of the crazy, meant to be a crazy character but he's the only sane one in the whole movie <laughs> it's an amazing performance Patrick Warburton's the best and she keeps making this be coffee don't do it woman don't do it Oh, and there's a metaphor, there's a joke, you know. Oh, he's he's had lots of sin bomb. He's fallen asleep, and his face is covered in powder. Oh no, he's had drugs. Oh, it's the first time. If you take drugs for the first time, you don't normally fall asleep straight away. You have conversations at two thirty in the morning with a random cat about how the horror movie you're watching needs to be understood. If you're watching Ouija's, for as an example, completely hypothetical scenario. Watch something like that. You need to explain to a cat why it's such a great movie, why it's a sequ- why it's a prequel to Exorcist. A cat won't give a fuck. It will just want you to rub its belly. But you need to explain to a cat what's going on. Like you really do. Sorry, I'm ignoring this movie again. Oh, Jerry Seinfeld, you are a woeful actor. Oh, and here we go. The law, the court case has begun immediately because this movie is no concept of time. You know, people fucking joke the Empire Strike Back timeline doesn't make any sense. How the fuck does this make any sense? Humans have just found out bees can talk, and first thing they want to do is do a court case, you know? Fucking two bees. You're not lawyers! You're not lawyers, you goddamn bees. You goddamn bees. Things I do for my podcast group. Oh, here's another great, great cameo. Or great role. Uh, John Goodman is just a national treasure you know one of the he's a, one of the best like actors comedic or otherwise that America's ever produced 
this this like is a fucking masterclass between someone who's not even a fucking trained voice actor, but he's just going to destroy Jerry Seinfeld in every conceivable way. And in fact, when you watch this scene, the character's an over-the-top southern lawyer stereotype, a southern dandy, if you will. But man, oh man, he makes some good points that Jerry Seinfeld's stupid little bitch be can't put to bed. And it's just, this is just amazing. Well, not Jerry Seinfeld. He's just, he's poor as usual. I hate to riff, I hate to be nasty, Jerry Seinfeld, but fucking hell, seriously. Like, this is proof that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how, like, good script you've written. This is not a very good script. It doesn't matter what script or sort of script you write. If you're not good, you can't deliver the lines properly. But here, anyway, here's a masterclass by fucking... Shit, I forgot his name. Fuck. John Goodman, that's it. Fucking taking these pretty average lines and making it work. What a, what a legend, you know. With those bridges, no less. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Actually, I say he's not a trained voice actor. He did um, the first um, Robo Robo Santa in Futurama, and he was amazing that. So he's got some experience. But he's one of the few guys who does TV acting, movie acting brilliantly, like that stunning job he did in Ten Close Through the Lane. Where I think a lot of reasons that people say movie falls apart is when his character stops being in it because he's such a great presence in the movie. Instantly, I, I just, I, I know I keep saying, I can't stand his acting. He's so bad. Even if the character was tailored to what he can do, there's not much he can do acting-wise. So, like, no, his, his kind of dodgy acting was endearing in Seinfeld. But here, it's just like, like, you just, you just watch him, sort of like, he just doesn't have the vocal inflections for something like this at all. Even slightly. It's like he doesn't, like you, well, I'll mark um, fucking Hayden Christen for playing Hanky Skywalker the way he did, and Natalie Portman for the same thing, because their inflections were very lifeless. But, at least that's consistent because Jerry Seinfeld doesn't have any consistency in his acting ability it's like occasionally it'll go really high and really low but there's no logic to it it's like it's someone who's trained to do one thing and then is unable to do another like I know you guys are probably thinking what are you talking about you, you made a shitty podcast and I do this is probably one of the worst podcasts in the history of the universe but at the same time my voice is relatively consistent you know like his voice is like just doesn't have inconsistency to it that bear seems quite cool by the way oh and his Stin it's funny because his name is Stin but he's not really named Stin you know his, his name's Paul that's funny that's funny, right? It's funny, because everyone thought he was named after B. It's like, 
what Jerry Seinfeld couldn't you get wrestler to make this movie would the wrestler not make a cameo in this movie could you not get wrestler maybe that would have been better identification to have the wrestler you know and say why are you named Sting you know even being he could have said I'm I was named after Scorpion you know hence the storyline for the black Scorpion played by Ric Flair you know anyway here's the best thing in the entire movie Ray Liotta and here's again Ray Liotta fucking destroys Jerry Seinfeld there I, I love Ray Liotta what a great actor he's re and he's really funny in this and also really funny in Heartbreakers he's um the only thing with Jerry with Ray Liotta and it's a bit sad is his career did peak for Goodfellas but he still had a really good career it's just it's that fucking um, Malcolm McDowell thing where like when you make movies like If and Clockwork Orange I mean you can still have an amazing career after that but it's all going to be downhill because you're literally making one of the greatest movies of all time in one of your first efforts you know he's so that's such a great scene I also love this bit studio dumps a lot of project Sam Storm on Lawful Entry 2 that's quite funny that's quite funny but again, I feel like this almost seems like it should have been split up in 10 YouTube sections. Like 10 three-minute YouTube sections over 10 weeks or something like that. Something for YouTube Red, you know? Oh shit, here comes Ken, a.k.a. Patrick Warburton. And I really don't understand this. Are we meant to relate to her? Why are we meant to relate to Barry more than her? She's literally cheating on her boyfriend with a bee. I'd be pissed off. And women think, oh, he's in the wrong. Fuck that shit. He's in right. I'd fucking call... I'd fucking call animal control at this point. What an arsehole. Seriously, he's... It, he's not in wrong. Like... I mean, if you're... Like, how, how is he in wrong? It's not like he's a human she's befriending. You know, when it's a bit like you can't against this that sets this he's literally a bee you know and i've explained before bees and women cannot have sex it doesn't work you know any way you any way you shape it it does not work you know like it just doesn't work and it's just he's so smug too he's such a smug douchebag you know? why would you like this should be the other way around. Jerry Seinfeld should have played Patrick Warburton's character, Ken. And Patrick Warburton should have played me. Like, seriously, that would have been so much better. Seriously, like, he's such an arsehole. In every conceivable way. And Patrick Warburton's character is the only one. I also like that sub Jerry Seinfeld put in because he's trying to be subversive and point out you should have cast him instead of me but I, I maybe I'm giving him too much credit see I, I hate bees oh, I don't hate bees I hate this sort of bee I hate Barry B. Benson what a douchebag I don't know how the logistics of that work anyway although I have had a shower I have had a shower oh leaf, setting leaf four on there I'm rooting for Patrick Warburton at this point. What? Fuck you, Barry. Oh, it's funny because bees are royalty, I guess. This is a really bad movie. And the bees going down the toilet now. And now he's surfing on a fucking nail file. 
which oh I'm sure Vanessa would love to use that nail file which covered in piss water you fucking stupid little cockroach and she's still defending the bee and he's like I can oh and she's going through she's going to dump Ken because no she loves the bees I mean at some point surely should be like the bees better at talking but there's no future of the bee but no I guess not you know because Barry's the ultimate nice guy and trust me you know nice guy quotation marks oh they're the worst I yeah confession I was I kind of feel like I, I was that in my 20s and maybe early 30s but now it's like you just gotta be you you just gotta be up front and be you and not be not try and do things just to get other people to like you because that's not how life works you know just be honest with who you are be the best possible version for yourself and you'll meet people you want to meet you know and people worth a damn you know if you bend those backwards people they're not going to respect you you got to have some sort of backbone and i think people respect that you don't respect fucking bees well vanessa does oh back to the court case and she's wearing flowery top and oh man look that guy dressed up like a bee is clapping the <laughs> secret life of bees and this lawyer sort of like i will get one of them doohickey bees to sting me in my derriere and it's enough tour de force by john goodman how long have we got oh for fuck's sake 35 minutes left oh why do i pick these movies seriously and he's cool he wants to um interrogate the relationship between barry and her bed bug well his bed bug you know and he's sort of like don't you say such a thing and oh man barry's friends were like oh i won't get the stinging i wonder if stinging smoothies wouldn't be a metaphor for sex i guess it is Matthew Broderick's like, I really want to sting John Goodman in his butt, you know. <laughs> Which, incidentally, like, I mean, he's not ruling the wrong. Like, if you can work a bee up in such a state that stings you. Like, like the fear before was bees, like you couldn't communicate with them, they might sting you for no reason. But if you're able to convince a bee to sting you by angering it that much, that's a worrying thing. For the bee to go against its natural instincts, you know? That's terrifying. So he's right. Like, the bees should have been thrown out because, like, I mean, what if he, what if he was allergic to bees? You don't know that. Why do we put B on life support anyway? Fucking. I'd set fire to heal in that room. No way. Why do you. You can't put honey for a trip. You can't put honey for a drip. It doesn't work like that. The honey wouldn't circulate. It's like, yeah, it's, it's a joke. But it's a joke which doesn't work. And also, there's no tubing they'd have small enough to get into his arm. I work in hospital. I know how things work. 
and IV drips full of honey don't work. You need clear fluids. Clear fluids which will pump. Honey doesn't pump. Honey will congeal. Guess I have to find some way to keep this beer alive. But honestly, I was queuing them off. You know, revenge Ferris Bueller and all his car exploits. And he's like, bruh, bruh, I'm a nebbish little bee. I'm a bad, he's a bad little bee. Why are they covering him up? Seriously, why are you covering him up when we can see the other bee does not have a penis? So why are you covering him? Oh, he's cold. But he's, he wouldn't get cold. Why is he wearing a top? Their logic, oh, he's in hostel. That's why he's wearing a top. Why the fuck? They can literally see Barry has no penis. And yet they're covering this bee. It's ridiculous. No, be consistent with bees. They have dick or not have dick. That's actually very accurate. The two smoking outside in hostel, and also it's portrayed as a bad thing in this movie. But at the same time, like you work in hostel, staff and patients in hostel are stressed enough, and you're going to tell them not to smoke. Don't you shouldn't smoke that close. But I mean, it's a very stressful job and also stressful experience for patients you know and Barry's about winning his court case and because his friends made a fucking rub boat oh we all float down here Georgia we all float you want to float Georgia you want to float that's my it thing I'll be reviewing it uh, chapter 2 for this podcast and it chapter 1 soon and also Stephen King Ming series version because I actually like that Maybe do a commentary. I find them do more and more commentaries because they're easier. They're very tough. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> he is such an awesome, awesome presence. And no young man stuff like this makes it, but just the voice and the character and the props. I mean, young man props are. He's lost a lot of weight, actually. And he's right to point out, why is this bee allowed in court? He stung me. And so Barry's about to prove that, you know, bees are abused and exploited. Which is just, ah, oh, so stupid. And also, this would have worked better if this was the plot throughout the entire movie. Because it being plot from now... It seems like the movie hasn't built up to this point because it starts out Barry wanting to see outside weird and then he meets a woman who may or may not want to sting, you know, vaginally. And then it goes on to this. It's like, you can make a case, oh, it's prog- it's a progressing plot, but it feels almost sitcom level where, like, there's an episode and then there's another episode and then there's another episode. They're kind of connected, but not really. And I don't feel it's, I don't feel it's very tightly written. And I, and I can't surprise that because you watch something like Seinfeld and the episodes are meticulously constructed. And maybe that's because Jerry didn't really know how to structure a movie script. And then thinking he worked for people who did. Like one of the guys who directed this, directed Shrek or something. And that's a reasonably well-constructed movie. The sequels aren't really as well-constructed, but the first one is, despite the fact that it's not really very good outside of casting. (sighs) 
man I'm hungry and also I, the bee's voice wouldn't travel I mean not that bees have a voice not that men really think about that because this movie has no logic but at the same time you know the voice wouldn't travel I'm just saying and now we're seeing the bee things shut down honey farm shut down instantly guys point out uh, is this a local only thing because you know it doesn't seem like they would be able to institute this countrywide this quickly like that's one thing that movies sometimes bug me with and that's actually beyond that's one of the things uh, when he proves about get taken out that's funny because no he's a threat to you know shit no. and Sting's being rested but yeah it's like not rest this thing but it's one of those annoying things it's just when movies don't do a passage of time and that's what like I said that's one of the things I'm struggling with with my Scream uh, remake podcast episode because the passing of time there's I don't know if this will be final version but currently my idea is where I've got to to jump for six weeks but then that feels false like you know you're skipping over a long period of time a long way into the story and no shows like Torchwood and Doctor have done that before and done a good job with it. But I feel like to jump that far ahead, you know, movies don't handle passage of time brilliantly. Spike Lee stuff does. Something like Chasing Amy did reasonably well. But mainly I think movies work best if they're set over a very short period. Like Dazed and Confused over the last day of school. Boyhood did it, did a good job with it, but that's focused on like one day a year. That's like comprised of like 11 segments, each being about 10 minutes in length, set over like 13 years or something like that. Maybe 13 segments. But usually it, movies don't do it brilliantly. They can, but something like Emperor of Shites Back, either it all happens in a very short period of time, according to the um, Millennium Falcon's travel, or a very long period of time and to have a long loop trains with Yoda but it's never really made clear how it works I guess it's not meant to think about because it does in theory it doesn't matter but in actuality it's like we need to know how much time's passed unless it's something like Shining where your lack of knowledge as to how much time's passed is the point because the characters eventually start going crazy from from how it works they do a really good episode of it's always sunny in Philadelphia on that which was the same sort of thing you didn't know how much time had passed no, until the end of the episode, do you know how much time passed? And it starts messing with your head in the faces. So here's the other thing: B culture shut down, but Barry's only just finding out. So B culture shut down like very quickly, or Barry's been gone three weeks and then just come back and it's shut down. Neither which makes any sense. And that's why you need to have concrete sense of how much time's passed. And how time works in your movie. Because earlier they said about bee culture moves much faster. But we never really get a sense how long bees live for. Like if they went through fucking the three stages of school. Which to a human, you know, if you went through primary school, secondary school and college. That's about 21 years minimum. Unless you're super, super savant. But here, so in theory these bees have been through 20 years and three days. But then the rest of the movie has to take place in a much longer time frame because of court case and you know all of that. But we never get a sense of it. Like how old 
to be his lifter in this universe. Because this is at least a couple of weeks, maybe more. It seems like a couple of months to be honest, but they don't really explain whether it is or how it works. And also, why is Vanessa so pissed off? You have basic knowledge of fucking... Oh, what's it called? Um, she has basic knowledge of photosynthesis. How does she not know this was going to happen? Like, basic plant knowledge. When bees don't get pollen anymore, plants are going to suffer. And she's sort of like, it's all your fault, Baron. So you talked him into it, you stupid, stupid bin. Jesus Christ. She's the fucking villain of this movie. The fucking green-eyed banshee, banshee cow. Seriously, what an arsehole. Hey, how's Ken? Stupid cow. Seriously, I hate characters like this in movies. They really annoy me. She's like, oh, it's all your fault. It's like, you know, take some responsibility to, oh, now making joke about suicide pact, you know. That's really funny. In, in some cases, you make jokes about suicide. They're funny. In other cases, it's not. I mean, a lot of people go through that for real. I mean, if you can make joke about that, Jerry, make it funny. That wasn't funny, mate. I think that sometimes when Jerry Seinfeld falls back on, he maintains that people come see him, see a great hits compilation of jokes, but at the same time, it's like, that's not really true. Like, you doing your grass hits jokes might work once in a while, but you need to come up with new jokes too. He, he kind of coasts a bit on that. That's what I respect about Chris Rock. Chris Rock will do a brand new set for every comedy show he does, like the big ones. I mean, obviously, he's going to do the same jokes in each tour, roughly the same jokes, a bit of deviation. But it's still going to be a unique stand-up special every time, whereas Jerry Seinfeld, I don't get the impression that's necessarily true, which is bizarre because he has nothing but free time on his hands, apart from comedians and guys and coffee, I guess. And now be now Barry's saying, hey, now we can undo damage. See, this is again an example of I don't know what the overarching plot is of this movie. Because now he's changed mind completely. And you can say, oh, he, he hit point of no return. And he has a moment of revelation and all that shit. But this is happening really quick. And it doesn't reconnect the rest of the movie beyond surface mount. It's just bizarre it's like they half knew what they were doing and they half didn't and if you can come up with a new idea for plot and new avenues to explore idea wise that's fine but you have to commit to that you can't half do a big studio movie and half what you want to do you know i mean i suppose you can but you need to be clever at it i know people give um rianne johnson shit for last jedi i think he really nailed it because he he gave, he put in everything people expect from Star Wars movies, but he put a little tint on it. I know you ain't that, indeed some people I know weren't terribly impressed with it, but I, I like that. I think if you're going to be subversive, you have to play from within the system. You can't just try going from outside and not respect the process. I think at times this movie doesn't respect the process at all. Which is weird, because Jerry Seinfeld is definitely a person who revels in concept process. This woman looks like um, Anne from Resident Evil, by the way. Egg, you know. 
her. <laughs> My friend is always doing now anyway, by the way. Haven't seen her in years. I know she made Bridget, the last Bridget Jones one, which I actually liked. Um, to an extent, although I think it's a bit weird. Now, every fucking movie, she's split up from Mr. Darcy and then gets back together with him at the end. It's like, for fuck's sake, can these crazy kids just make a go of it? Well, I'm not having fun, you stupid douchebag. Oh, God. 20, well, it says 20 minutes left. I know it's not really that much time left. About 10 minutes and enough shitty credits. Oh, it's a pie chart. Oh, oh that's funny. You know, because bees love pies, I guess. It's not one of your winners, Jerry. It's really not. Oh, here we go. Here's big scene. We're like, oh no, we're trying to figure out what's going to happen. Oh, the, the bees are going to fly playing. It's important. You know, the bee has to fly playing. It's a stupid, stupid creature. You know, it's just. Oh. I really don't think they thought through some of this very well. This is really annoying because they know that bees can talk because you've just seen on National White News. And what sort of dumbass pilot is this guy? You know, seriously. What a, what a couple of morons. You've never been allowed to fly a plane for you. This fucking stupid. You know? Really, what a moron. Seriously, like, I, I get... I, I mean, I sort of understand where it come from. We need the bee flying plane to end movie give him a heroic moment. But, and yeah, I know I'm talking about logic in movie about talking bees again, but that's so dumb and so badly constructed. Oh, and by the way, I'm sure some of you have noticed there's not going to be a halftime handball in this episode. I've said that when I do commentaries, there's no point because why do I split up? I want you guys to watch a movie with me or to get a full sense of full commentary. Splitting up just seems stupid. And I would do it via the Anchor app. But you can't do for um, hour plus podcasting there. You have to split them up and don't like doing that. I love this background guy, by the way. They put a lot of effort. Why would they animate him? No, seriously, it's just reaction shots. Like, it's not like you need voice to do it. You're just doing reaction shots. That's it's such a waste of money. It's probably one of the reasons this movie didn't make much money. I do like how when Jay Seinfeld was asked if they could make a B-movie too, he said, why do I want tapping laps into the iconic nature of the first one? He's reacting to memes about movie there, but I think he's also stated many times he hates he hated the animation process, you know. I think Jay Seinfeld is very much someone who reasonably first stand-up comedy is he gets like an almost instant reaction to what works and what doesn't work, whereas an animated movie, you don't get that. You know, you have to go through testing and all that shit. And then by the time the movie comes out, you know, you don't know whether it's still funny or not. Oh, apparently B-Media now has access to fucking, you know, human events. And they're giving them serious news bites. Like, how, how does that work? How does the camera transmit? It just, I, I don't understand. I mean, I know it's stupid. It's meant to just be bees. You know, bees and having human characteristics and not make me think back too much, but fucking stupid. This movie's stupid. You know, I feel stupid for watching this movie. Oh shit, I just clicked on Matthew Broderick's face and I was terrified for a second that 
you're going to put Godzilla on. Oh, no. Oh, they play solitaire. That's funny because bees play solitaire. Bees play solitaire? Oh, no. Now we get classic thinking bee, thinking bee scene, which fucking hell. If I ever want to join cult, you know, that'd be my first choice. The cult of bees. I really wish I had infused as a men's evening fucking scream episode because this is torture. Oh no, your pilot's off. Oh no, he's going to fly a plane. And certainly bees can't fly planes. Don't know if you know that. I don't know if it's made clear. Bees really can't fly planes. No. They can't fly. They can't do it. not allowed to there's rules there's aviation rules you know you can't you can't have bee flower plane they can't get insured you know they're too busy they're busy bees you know the swarm you can't have a swarm and now here come the other bees you know because we're gonna say fuck you to physics and logic and how weight works and how matter works and all that shit oh man I can't wait to eat after this this is one of the most shy I'm joining just is I tell you that it turns out you no know, a movie about bees is not any enthralling commentary but you know I suffer so you don't have to and then you'll go and watch fucking movies anyway this beggar fucking hundreds hit listens I swear to god you know, I'm going to, this is going to be the episode I promote most, you know. I told y'all, I told y'all that we'd do, be doing more bottle episodes because we're in podcast debt. And this is what you fucking get, you know. You want Scream 5? Fuck you, you get B-Movie. Oh, awesome, man, you won. Man, you beat those... Nasty assholes chasing for nothing, you know. Fuck your flower show, bunch of fucks. Thinking B, thinking B. Don't join cult, just thinking B, thinking B, thinking B. I hate that shit. Shut the fuck up. Not enough business. I have work tomorrow. Riptorn's do great though. Oh, we're going in on B power, are we, Barry? Yeah, we really, really? That that that's what you want, like to to commit genocide to B race? Because there's no way that people will learn that plane. Fucking, hell, I know even by. Seriously, like I don't. Why is that guy on fucking tarmac? Dickhead, get away from the plane. This, to say this stretches disbelief is to um, say a lot about the concept of disbelief. This is rubbish. I've rung up B puns by the way. You know, I, I won't watch Saw 7. I really want to watch Saw 7 at this point. I don't... I'm, I'm done. I can't... I can't do this anymore. What made you think this was a good idea? In theory, there's 13 minutes left. For fuck's sake. 
Jesus Christ, man, why did I, why did I do this? I come up with these ideas, and I don't stop thinking, these aren't very good ideas. It's really not a good idea. You know? I think, like, my, my logic is, this will be easy, I'll do a podcast, it'll be fine. And then I get, like, 70 minutes in, I'm like, for fuck's sake, can this just stop? You know? This is why people podcast with other people. Someone has carry a load. I do this shit solo. And I think I do a reasonable job, despite the fact this is one of the worst podcasts of all time. Of fucking maintaining basic, like, voice stuff throughout the podcast. Because obviously a podcast with no air, dead air, is a shitty podcast. But at some point, it's not like, what's there left to say? Is this Jerry Seinfeld giving a monologue about the importance of bees and humans working together? You know, we give them honey. We give them the honey. And I'm like, this is so dumb. They're going to save humanity. I don't think you can reverse the damage you've caused so quickly. Oh, now he's a pollen jock. Yay. And they have a coat that fits him. And they've given him a visor. Yay. And he's like, yeah, I'm one view. And they're like, yeah, you're one bus. And so I'm like, yeah. And they're like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. It's like, let's go. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. In the fucking unemployment line, yay. Oh, man. I think if I worked in McDonald's, I would have saved a lot of money. Oh, here we go. Here comes the sun. Yay, photosynthesis. Yay. You can reverse damage straight away. Yay. That's not how things work. Fuck, fuck logic. Hey, your bees. Yeah, you can fly despite the fact you should be able to. Woo, logic doesn't work that way. Oh Jesus Christ! Where's the um, where's the retcon going to retcon? Just out of my head. Incidentally, I'm main doing this because I got some Samsung WWE. Some Samsung take all fucking week to watch. I thought, hey, you know, I've got lots of jokes about B movie. I can use them, and then I've used all of them up. You know, I I I I, I was saying on Facebook earlier in week my private count B movie though B movie about bees he, he, the pollen the bees the, the busy bees the, the bad bees the, the honey bees you know and oh yay the flowers are coming back straight away like a shit in pollen you know fucking shit in pollen this way I'm so hungry <laughs> But I'm going to have some food in a sec. And now this, the fucking nebbish, the beeish guy. He's got a job. He's going to tip the honey. Yay. Because bees working together, you know, conformity. Yay. Jerry Seinfeld. Yay, he's a bee. The, the Barry B. Benson. Oh, look, flowers are back. Yay, it worked that quickly. Oh, Vanessa Barry, flowers, honey, legal. What the fuck? Insects at law. you got to be kidding me. Bunch of bullshit. No. It's a cow. A cow wants to sue the industry. You know, it's like, you aren't responsible for all of it, you stupid cow. You don't make all the cheese. It's like, they use my logo without permission. You look like every other cow. Seriously. This is just, oh, no. I've had enough. I'm done. I can't. Oh, it's almost over. Thank God, because I'm about to fucking 
I'm about to jump out window. And guess that means there's an eight minute fucking... Oh, there's Patrick Warburton talk about how that's his life, you know. <laughs> what a great actor. But you know what, I'm, I'm going to do him a favour. I'm stopping this now. So that was my Contra and B movie. Literally one of the strangest animated movies of all time. Um, I, I, I regret watching that. I, I feel it's another example of a movie you can make fun of in certain ways but to sit and watch it for 81 minutes fucking hell seriously but you know that's content that's life um never again never again um but hey until next time this is Ian Austin saying remember life is beautiful and I'm gonna go lie down goodbye everybody <laughs>